I had a pancreatic cancer diagnosis. I feel so fortunate. And I know most people were like, she got a cancer and she feels fortunate. It's because it was like this opening for me to have this huge aha and awareness where that maybe I can contribute and help other people. I think from everything that happens, some good must come of it. And I watched uh, my mother-in-law pass away like in my 20s before she even got to see her grandchildren, which was the one thing she lived for. I watched uh, my niece, uh, a six-year-old, six years old pass away. And I, oh, I thought, wow, you know, I thought I understood it with my mother-in-law. I didn't get it with my niece. And then I thought, okay, what, what's the common thread here? And I started looking and digging in and I'm like, okay, I understand it. It's the emotions. And, um, uh, I'll stay away from those emotions like the plague. <laughs> I'm going to be, you know, good. And then, you know, divorce, all that stuff. Okay. They come anyways. They're just a message, right? That how you're thinking isn't working for you. So what I did is I just went inward. I knew that I created it. And if I created it, then I could heal it. Some people say the scientific and mystical worlds are separate entities, but to Maureen Fontaine, nothing can be further from the truth. Daily, Maureen is an expert in live and dry blood analysis, an ontological coach, and a spiritual intuitive reader. As a mother, grandmother, and mentor, Maureen aims to insight curiosity and celebrate those who inspire. Science is a practical, in-depth process of the mind. It encompasses observation, identification, description, experimental investigation, and theoretical explanation of phenomena. This information is then systematically analyzed and proves it exists. Mysticism is often considered to be unscientific and unfounded. Going beyond the obvious allows for an expanded state of consciousness. It goes beyond the average sensory experience and the obvious. Those things we can explain and those that we can't. Both science and mysticism coexist and reveal the truths of the universe. How curious are you? Join Maureen and her guest speakers as they bridge the space between science and mysticism. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Science and the Mystical and the Bridge Between, an area that I'm so fascinated in. I'm Maureen Fontaine, and I'm here to inspire, educate, and stimulate your curiosity. You're going to meet some incredible guests that share my passion for holistic health, emotional balance, and soul connection. So today I have the pleasure of introducing you to the unstoppable Tracy Milanovic. Tracy is a wellness coach who is hugely invested in making real and lasting change in your life. She helps you to set goals based on the pursuit of meaningful outcome. I just love that about her. She's a highly trained coach, a health advocate, and she teaches you to effortlessly integrate your body and your mind. Welcome Tracy. Oh, thank you for that wonderful introduction, Maureen. And what a pleasure to be here. Um, I, the work that you do is always um, profound to me, so it's quite an honor. Well, thank you so much. And likewise, that's what's so mm -hmm. great about having you on here. You're just like a wealth of information and so articulate about it. So you own it to such a deep degree that it just flows from you. And I'm excited that people can hear this part. So I want to start off with um, psych to cellular, which is kind of a, you know, foreign thing for most people. 
Yeah. So uh, most people talk mind body. And to me, uh, the psych really, the Latin meaning of it is, is soul. So uh, if you go soul to cell, that's your, your psych to your physical, you just manage the, uh, the mind in the, in the between. And so you get the results that you really want. That's so cool. So is it about changing your mind? It's your body responding. It's about getting the response from your body that that you want so that you enjoy the journey here so that your soul is really in charge and driving. Okay, so that being said, um, we might be willing or think we're willing. What gets in the way of that? Definitely the mind. (laughs) (laughs) This is where we want to clear the blocks in the mind because it builds structures and rules and it's there to aid us. But a lot of times we're letting it manage us and we need to manage our mind. So it's becoming acutely aware of what's going on and you reflect back where the changes need to occur. Is that correct? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of in the translation. The mind is like a translator. There's something that you desire in life and it filters through the mind's rules and beliefs and perceptions that you've created and we've created them over a lifetime. So the more that you can clean that up, the more you can get the results that you want in your physical body. So many people don't really understand what it is they want, yet they crave change, resist change, crave change, yet you know they know there's something more. What do you do with that? Well, we see what the blocks are. So first, there's going to be a rule. There's going to be something in the mind that got them something they needed before. And it, that's that whole holding on to the past. You know, you have to lay down the raft after you've crossed the river because you get to the mountain, it's going to hold you down. So people tend to have these rules, beliefs, patterns, structures in their mind. So when you clear those, that is exactly the work that you do. How do you go about clearing it? You have a process that you use that's fascinating. Can you tell us some some things about that and, and go into depth a little bit? Absolutely. So first and foremost, I'm a guide, a coach. Um, I want you to get what you want. And and there's there's just a pattern to it, right? You have to be able to see what's going on first. And that's where a lot of people, you know, I don't, they'll say, I don't know. Well, there's a part of them that does, it just doesn't want to give it up. So mm-hmm. it's to have the optics. So yeah, what I do is uh, first and foremost, people seem to find me, you know, they're sick, they're tired, something's not working. Just like you said, they want something and they're not getting it. And I have a system that can actually take those unseen beliefs and patterns and kind of correlate them to the results that you're getting. So it's not that you're not getting what you want. You're just getting your unconscious wants. And we have a way to see that. So once you can see that, become aware of it, have a dashboard, so to speak, a way to measure it, you, you get it out of your head and into the scene. That's getting the unseen to the scene. And then you can begin doing something with that. And then I'll take you through different processes and procedures and tools and strategies. Everything's tools and strategies. So that's your step number one, optics and metrics. Yeah. Can't change. Can't measure. Oh, awesome. Of course. (laughs) Is there anything else within that number one piece of the picture um, that people should know about? No, that's pretty much it. They have to know that they want something and then they have to be willing. And that's why um, you engage with others is to show your willingness, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does this have anything to do with neuroplasticity? Absolutely. You're going to change the mind. 
Yeah. Is that is that done through simply the desire to do so? Because can't, can't anybody just make up their mind to do it differently and have success? They absolutely can if they have uh, if they if they have a strong enough uh, let's call it soul. If they have a strong enough spirit, you can overcome anything. The thing is, a lot of people don't realize is not all souls and spirits are. Um, at that same level of strength, just like you, you get born and you're a baby and you're a toddler and you're, you know, a preteen or, or whatever. So is your soul. And a lot of people don't realize that they think, oh, all souls are equal. Well, yes, but what they're capable of doing is not because just like uh, a person, a physical being, you, you might not have practiced that you might not have learned that you might not have that strength built within you. Does the soul not come in as a wise old energy that knows all? Is that a misperception? I would say, yes, we're all equal as souls. It does. It comes into a body, though, that it maybe doesn't know how to manage. We come into different bodies that come with generations of, of training already. So the body skews the, excuse me, the information that the soul can work with? Or is that about readiness? Or I wouldn't call it skews. It combines with the body for new results. So you come into a body, when we'll say that you inherited from your family, from that lineage that has already some preset rules and, and things, right? It, it runs on autopilot for a while, because, you know, you're, you're new and you're, you're just kind of learning. And as in that container, as the soul, you learn to manage that body. Does that make sense? So what I'm hearing then is ancestral imprints can interfere with our soul's ability to merge with body mind. Yeah. So as a, as a, as a soul, you get to have this body and if you are strong, you, you kind of clean it up, right? You restore that temple for your use as you come into this lifetime. But yeah, it does come with some uh, ancestral things. Sometimes depends on kind of what uh, your parents did as well, because th then we would call that inherited habit habits and things. Whereas really, it's just um, they didn't make the do the work to clean it up either. When you're looking at optics and metrics, which I just love all these terms you use. So with the optics. There's the conscious and the unconscious aspect of individuals. So are you shining a bright light on the unconscious parts and, and beckoning them forward? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, even with our communication here between you and me, words are 7% of the communication. There's so much else going on in the intonation and the tonalities and the intricacies of our communication and their facial expressions and all of those things. So this system just has a way of saying when that frequency comes out of your voice, it's actually saying you're feeling this emotion. You're having this belief. It's affecting these organs. It's affecting this Chinese meridian and communication between them. And, and so then you get to see, Oh, when I think this, this happens in my body. So much for game face. <laughs> <laughs> or where we kind of keep everything inside and and don't say what we really want to say or um yeah where we're not authentic that has to have an impact yeah that's where people think um 
that that others are psychic but it, you 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 show who you are in the unseen and my unseen part and we'll call it the nervous system of the body right to relate that is reading yours all the time the system i have doesn't do anything that the human being can't do it's just it makes it visible to you so true like I do all kinds of work that way. Um, and what's interesting is I, I see it as a library to choose from. Like there's a whole, there's a whole audience that shows up. And also in, I studied remote viewing and in there, literally you go up into the pockets of information that are always there. So that's your actually opening doorways for individuals to walk into that room or this room or clear this room and, furnish that room yeah yeah there's so much that happens in the unseen and as we evolve right and as we clean up um these these bodies that we came into we have greater access so what you're saying when you're when you're learning and growing you're gaining greater access to all of that i love that beautiful so number one optics and metrics number two as we talked previously is about awareness yeah. Yeah. So when you get the dashboard, the optics, then you become aware of that. And awareness is not um, an ability that it takes then another step, right? That first part is like just getting the knowing in. You can't clean the dirt you don't see. So now you've shone the light there. And then you go to the next step, which is then what do I need to stop? And what do I need to start doing? Right. And I need energy to do that. So to raise the consciousness, the ability of the soul to manage this body, you need energy. And that's the next step is to give information and then energy, and then you can accomplish the things that you want. So two is awareness. And your third step is bringing the energy. So let's talk about the awareness. What kinds of uh, things do you do to kind of shine that big light on things so that people like they have these aha moments or they're going, oh my gosh, I really do that thing when? Yeah. So first, if you're going to engage with me, then then we'll go through a process of what do you really want? Because we have to know what you want. You have to be able to say it. And, and that's a lot of people go, oh, I don't know. I'm just curious. Well, curiosity isn't enough. You have to have a somewhere to set that that GPS, so to speak. You need to have a destination. You need to know what you want out of life. And you have to be willing to say that. And so, yeah, you, we start with getting all those measurements and seeing what's in the way. So we take, take the voice recording. So I use a system called Nutra Energetics NES, and it's like a decoder. It gives you the awareness, but also it has a way of giving you the energy to do the work that you need to do, kind of fill in all the potholes of all the communications that you have. So the NES system, which I've experienced, is about the biological kind of um, bumps in the road that you might be dealing with, but very much the emotional aspect of the being. Yeah, well, it's bioenergetics. And so it is the study of energy and living systems. And energy is the source of how we get things done. And it correlates it because it shows you the emotions and emotions can give you energy or rob you of energy. Mm. So in a sense, emotions are energy. And sometimes in a big way, if it's volatile or super expressive, like it, with excitement, et cetera. 
yeah, so how do we use a better system to fuel the change that we want? Nice. And we can see that then, then you have that, okay, I, I get excited in the morning, I'm getting my cortisol ramped up. You, you literally, from an emotion, from a thought, you create a cascade of chemistry in your body. But if you keep using the same system, you can deplete that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. I want to go back to when people say, well, I don't know. So when I have people who say, well, I don't know, because I've done lots of coaching myself, my answer to that is, if you did know, then what? Because yeah. like you said, we we know on a super deep level, and sometimes we're avoiding being honest with ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And we do it to meet our needs. So that's where, for me, like the coaching comes in so much. We can see all these optics. Uh, why are you doing them? And why do you say, I don't know? Well, because for some, some in the cultures that were raised in, in the communities, in our ancestral lines, there's been things that happened and it's been so ingrained in our bodies to be fearful. So mm. we don't want to answer. We don't want to give the answer. So you're like, like what you're doing is you say, yeah, but if, if you did know, what would you say? We're trying to get around all those mind structures that are being protective. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I know that when we ask the why questions, why, and I've had people say, oh, I feel like I'm a bad person or I need to go to my room. When we ask the what questions, it elicits kind of, it, it establishes um, that we're equals and we're just exploring. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It reminds me of a you know four-year-old why is the sky blue? Why is it? Why are the clouds moving? Why they actually don't want an answer? They're just kind of the inside being curious and expressing outwardly. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. How do we hold ourselves hostage? How do we hold ourselves hostage? Okay, so that would be like procrastination right? Why don't we move forward? <laughs> yeah. And then you'll get all these answers of all the things you're doing wrong, which is why the why question isn't a good <laughs> one. <laughs> so then we say, a better question will give you a better response, right? Nice. And you're a, a, an amazing expert with questioning. You know, I know you've asked me if I would be open to being coached in a moment. And it's like, whoa, she digs in. <laughs> and it's so great. There's no, there's no backing away. I guess you could, but it's, you make it safe. It's hard to coach the coach. Do you know what I'm saying? So there's resistance to being exposed or any of that, but you made it so comfortable and like inviting for me to go. Yeah, heck yeah, let's do this. So oh, that's you. a real gift of yours. <laughs> Oh my god! Just in there when I see the opening. <laughs> yeah, you do, and you don't miss them. That's for sure. Oh my goodness! All right, so um, we have lots of addictions as humans. So it can be food, emotions, uh, beliefs. It can be substances. And uh, when when that comes into the coaching arena with you, how do you how do you deal with it? Yeah. So addictions, one, not to make the person feel shame, right? That would not be the energy you want to fuel the change with, which has often been done. Um, with addictions, it's just a wanting for a good feeling. And if you felt a good feeling doing something, you're going to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. So how can we replace that? What other vehicle? What is it that you really want? It's a good feeling. Mm -hmm. And so how do we keep you moving to a better one, using a better way to do it? 
and not negate that other one at the same time. You know, sometimes you have to use different strategies. Sometimes change is immediate. People have that aha opening. Oh, yeah, I do just want to feel good. Okay. And they're open and willing to replace it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not not that easy, right? That physical pull from the body, you need support for that. So there's a reason that we work both ends of the stick, so to speak. You know, you got to support that cellular a little bit. You have to understand it. And at the same time, you have to give that psychology the, the entire structure to make the change. You have to take it through a process that breaks down all the rules you've made for getting your needs met. It sounds like like a big process, like it's very intense and long and laborious. Is that true? I did not mean to make it sound that way. No, 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 no. I'm just hearing other, you know, people's response to that. It's like, whoa, that sounds like such a big job. How do you make it easy? That's my question. Yeah. You find the need that they're meeting and you find a better way to do it. So, um, for example, I had a client uh, the other day and they had chronic fatigue and they weren't doing anything and they couldn't, they're like, why can't I get the motivation? What will make me? And so as we looked at their needs, um, there's four needs of the personality, which would be, um, certainty, safety, security, that kind of thing. And then variety. And just because you can only do something so long and then you're just bored, uh, significance, (laughs) we all want to stay uh, you know, be unique and different and important to others uh, and love and connection. So those are kind of like the the more cellular needs, right? You do got to keep this body safe and, you know, staying safe all the time. You're not going to have any muscle mass. You need some variety. You got to, you know, mm-hmm. there's that process. And then there's the needs of the spirit. And so when you when you meet the needs of the spirit, it shows up stronger. And if you're not growing and contributing So with that particular client, it was as we went through the process and it it was just a conversation uh, Mm -hmm. because all change happens in conversation. Mm -hmm. We went through and he, he just needed to contribute. He was drawn to contribute. He is such a person who's in his soul. That was the thing that motivated him, that gave him the energy, the good feelings that he needed to take action. Mm. And you're such an incredible witness to that, to the little gems that show up that are actually wins for people. Yeah, well, we all wanna be uh, pulled forward, not pushed, right? With, mm. with the experiences that we want, we wanna be drawn. That's way stronger than than the pain. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna s- switch lanes a little bit. Um, we can look at you and say, oh, Tracy's had it so easy. Uh, <laughs> I, I know you enough or um, to, to know it hasn't been an easy path. Can you share whatever aspects of how it's gone for you um, that you're comfortable with? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So um, one thing you can be sure of in life is change. And when change happens, uh, we don't know how we're going to respond until it happens. And when you change multiple things in your life, I call it the Iron Man of life. I got mm. to go through the Iron Man recently. <laughs> You know, from divorce to career change to moving locations to a health issue. Um, and it doesn't matter how where you are, there's always a next level. And I like to think of it like that. So as we grow, I had a pancreatic cancer diagnosis. And I, I didn't know that I had cancer. I just knew I was tired. I knew that something wasn't right. I wasn't feeling the energy. And um, 
that was a, a profound moment for me because I never thought I'd get cancer. I thought I understood it up until that point. What did you do with that diagnosis? It's because well, that's, that's got to be tough, right? Gosh. And I, I feel so fortunate. And I know most people were like, she got a cancer and she feels fortunate. It's because it was like this opening for me to have this huge aha and awareness where that maybe I can contribute and help other people. I think from everything that happens, some good must come of it. And I watched uh, my mother-in-law pass away like in my 20s before she even got to see her grandchildren, which was the one thing she lived for. I watched uh, my niece, uh, a six-year-old, six years old pass away. And I, oh, I thought, wow, you know, I thought I understood it with my mother-in-law. I didn't get it with my niece. And then I thought, okay, what, what's the common thread here? And I started looking and digging in and I'm like, okay, I understand it. It's the emotions. And, um, uh, I'll stay away from those emotions like the plague. <laughs> I'm going to be, you know, good. And then, you know, divorce, all that stuff. Okay. They come anyways. They're just a message, right? That how you're thinking isn't working for you. So what I did is I just went inward. I knew that I created it. And if I created it, then I could heal it. And I want to say just like a fat cell. If you can get fat, you can get skinny again. <laughs> and I don't want people to, to be like, oh, she's making light of it because it, it's not light. They actually, the doctor told my brother I'd be dead in three months and pancreatic cancer has a 10% survival rate four years out. I just was unwilling to live um, with those terms. So I went, I got the optics, the metrics. I went and got all the tests done. Once I knew I wasn't managing it, I um, then I did my research. And part of my research, the first place I went was inward to kind of consult with what's going on with my body because I do feel I'm responsible for what happens. And if I'm responsible, I have the ability then to do something. What are the emotions connected to pancreatic cancer? I mean, we know, we know that people that are diagnosed, it's like, it's a death sentence. Yeah. So that thought is going to make you feel even worse, right? That it's right. a death sentence. And a lot of our medical uh, professions will, will say that, right? So there's a lot of loneliness. Um, there's a lot of resentment and anger, like suppressed emotions. Um, and they take a lifetime to build up. That's why we have pain in our body or there's, there's things, the pain is the messenger, you know, don't shoot the messenger, listen to it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a headache is not an aspirin deficiency. A headache is yeah. a sign that there's something going on in your body and you want to know what that is. So definitely um, helplessness, loneliness, anger, resentment, these are, these are the emotions that are very common. And, and they've done tons of studies on this. This is well-known mm -hmm. people with, uh, with cancer diagnosis are experiencing these. Loneliness is a huge thing. And whether married, like a lot of times people in marriages are the loneliest that they could ever be. It's, it's very interesting how we can isolate within so-called, you know, tribes, mm -hmm. um, and just be so lost within that. Yeah, because the thing with emotions is um, we go to them. They don't come to us. We create them. Mm. And this is where when you look at the mind and what you're thinking, 
you're always creating some kind of result. And then that goes to the part you were speaking about before, Maureen, about emotional addictions. What are the ones that you go to because they feel familiar, because they make you feel empowered? Anger gives you power. And in a moment, that may be a good thing when you're feeling powerless. It's to keep going, lay the raft down so you can climb the mountain. You, if you keep using anger all your life, you're going to end up with something in your body that, that you don't want. Mm -hmm. Anger is connected to the liver in many modalities. Um, so in someone who has pancreatic cancer, is there an involvement with the liver? There is. There's always um, an interplay uh, with mm -hmm. all of your organs and systems. So it, it sounds... Like simple to say anger is about the liver, resentment and mm. and bitterness, the pancreas, because it is a sugar regulator, right? And so all of these sayings are accurate. They make sense. It's just to look deeper, there's the translation. So I like to say I'm a translator. I can translate what's going on, the relationships between those organs in your body. And and then you can begin to, to unlayer that. Has this journey for you, this, this diagnosis, um, and I know you're not attached to the diagnosis, which is so amazing. Um, how has it changed your, your perspective or your relationship with your soul self? Oh, hugely because, um, yeah, thanks for asking that. It, it had helped me step into my purpose to really own it and, and to own my decisions. Cause I might've been, you know, we all have tendencies to, to be avoiders and pleasers and things in our life. And it made me go, I can't please anybody or I'm going to die here. People like the recommendations, the chemo, radiation and surgery. If I were to go along with those uh, at the request of others and even my family who love me, they were very upset. I was declining all of these treatments, right? So, um, you know, they were phoning and using everything that they could to try to convince me, right? Be from a very, very good place. And that's the thing. Everyone's intention is good. It's just, I needed to then overcome a piece of me to step up, to be strong and to say what I believe in and be willing to go all in on my beliefs that resonated with me, that I felt like were truth. And I believe for cancer, that's your soul not wanting to be there anymore because you haven't been listening to it. Do you, and this is a, maybe a tricky question, but with people that surrender themselves to the, the mainstream modality, um, do, does that soul part kind of just take a back step in some well, I think here, and, and I don't mean to be against the mainstream. I just feel yes. like um, they're more of an emergency intervention when people don't know where else to go because they haven't spent their life um, learning and growing. They got into their comfort zone and security and, and didn't continue. I feel so fortunate because I, was, I always had this interest in my body and, and how to make it healthier and to do things, do more things with it. So with the mainstream, their intention is so good to help you. And the person can overcome that way if they've made the psychological change and everything is that psych 80%. So when you show up, it's going to be your beliefs, the way that you interact with it. Does that answer your question? It does. So 
when the person is, and again, nothing against mainstream because it does do some amazing things and its test and measures are, are pretty brilliant. Um, so the person who's done the emotional work will have a better outcome using mainstream. Is that, did I hear you correctly? Um, absolutely. I would say, yeah, if they've done enough of the emotional work, they'll realize that they don't need to. And it's not just the emotional work. It's the changing your personality that you don't create the emotions anymore. Mm, much deeper. A little, just a, a little adjustment, a little tweak, like a recipe, right? You and I can have the same recipe yes. and our results are going to be entirely different. Yes. And that's where you come in is to do those small tweaks for people or with people. You don't do it for them with. Yeah. It's so. Yeah. Shine shiny. the light on them and get them to the right fuel to get it done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, part of your healing was that you were a perpetual student of Joe Dispenza and Tony Robbins, which are like so dynamic. And you were actually part of a meditation group with Joe Dispenza. Yeah, I, I feel very, very fortunate. But that's where I follow the impulses that life sends you, the growth, right, mm -hmm. uh, from, from an early age. So I went and studied Joe Dispenza 10 years prior to that diagnosis. But I didn't do the work. So that was the next step, right? It, it, at least I had that tool in my tool belt, right? Uh, so immediately when I got the diagnosis, I, that was where I was able to go inward and consult with my own self and see what was going on because I'd done that studying. It's so imperative. So I know you have like just hundreds of hours, if not thousands of, of hours spent with, with both of these amazing, uh, ancient, well, you, you, you can compared them to ancient prophets, but they're the, the today prophets in some way. Um, which one of them has, do you lean more towards or do you integrate both of them in, in your everyday? Yeah, so I, I integrate them both and others too. I've studied with Marissa Peer. Like I'm, I'm avid about the truth. And when people are that, um, successful at what they're doing they're tapped into the truth and I just want more of it so it's really that interplay like I say psych to sell I find a lot of Tony Robbins work is the day-to-day -day habits and rituals and and strategies to use and whereas Tony, um, Joe's work is more just go direct to the divine for your answers mm -hmm. you know you go into meditation and when you get there uh, that energy that energizes everything else that you're doing. Can I ask a question about Joe? Yeah. So I've, I've done some of his meditations and it's such a unique approach and it's kind of unusual. Um, if anybody's listened or you're, you know, encouraged to go listen now, um, what is it about how he layers voice and, uh, you know, music and all these things with his meditation? What's he doing with that? is getting into your subconscious because you and I can have this conversation and no change will happen. Mm. But the minute you access through all, you bypass all those five senses that are like you, you it's the tone of his voice. He mm. fluctuates it so much because he wants there to be something different. It's going to change your state. If all the same droning kind of things aren't going to change your state. So he took tons of, um, hypnotherapy a hy hypnosis he actually did that when he was going through chiropractor school he trained that way so mm -hmm. 
and he's had his own journey as well. So he's used himself as, you know, kind of a student amidst all of this. And he's really involved with, with studies that will authenticate what he's up to. Yeah. So he's doing multiple different um, clinical research studies on the effects of meditation on molecular biology. And the results are profound, uh, mm. profound. It's quantum science is what it is. So I would say all of our souls are scientists. Mm. We are all getting results. We are all doing the same thing. We're just not um, practically planning it out. And when you see someone like that, he's spent his whole life doing that. And he's doing it on a larger and larger scale and bringing it to others. So. Beautiful. And Tony, as you said, is all about more the, the day-to-day, the things that you can use, kind of line your pockets with. Well, not just that, to be honest. He goes very, very deep. It, but that's the way of... Um, we all have our, our person that we can reach, right? And for me, I, I reach uh, a lot of, of people who have studied Reiki and other of those modalities because they know that it works. There's something there, but they don't have all the finer details. They don't understand, you know, why can this person read that and get this result? Whereas I can bring more, in a sense, science to it. So even though I'm very uh, spiritual, the science has its place in backing up what the esoteric already knows. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Well, they're, they're two very dynamic uh, teachers. And um, wow, I've experienced both of them in little tiny ways, but the amount of energy and time that you put into it is like remarkable, amazing. Huh. And again, that's what makes you so good at what you do. Wow, thank you. So you've yeah. had, I'm going to switch over to science and the mystical in and just getting into um you've had live blood analysis with me can you speak to that oh yes that was profound and amazing it's like a whole nother universe so to me when i spend so much time in the psychology of it like in, in mm-hmm. the head and all of that uh, to see the physical things going on in my body uh was amazing and how deep that you go into every cell like really to me science and spirituality are the same stick just different ends and you you get to go deep on that end so it was so exciting to me uh and i and it, there is a process with cancer right there there's a met- metabolic uh, issue and and low energy and i was doing all of these things i've had the psychology for it but i would i couldn't figure out the rest and even with nutrition and vitamins there's always a deeper level another place to go and the blood work showed me this whole universe within me. And then you went inside each cell. Like I, it was, it was profound Maureen. And I can't thank you enough. That work is just as much needed. All of us have something mm-hmm. so profound within us and you bring it to light. Thank you. It was really um, such an honor to work with you that way. And we found some interesting things that were unexpected. <laughs> yeah. 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 And because you're in the, in the field too, and have access to a lot of remedies, et cetera, you, you, you were just ready to go and jump into kind of intuiting um, what was going to work for you and putting our ideas together. So that, that was just such a beautiful um, connection that way. Yeah. I so appreciate, like I said, appreciate the work that you do. Cause I couldn't see that was more metrics and optics for me to see, okay, there is still something I need to do here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, that is, well, that is the beauty of, of this, you know, looking at live blood and examining it in real time. So yeah, pretty powerful, right? Yeah. When you looked at your blood, what is the, if you think of the emotional body, the spiritual aspect of cells, was there anything that came through for you? Yeah, I think it's the ability to flow <laughs> with life. Mm. And for me, looking at the blood, uh, it reminded me that I always have more work to do because I like to be certain. And I get my certainty from a good place of, of I've learned and I'm knowing, I, you know, all these things. So, yeah, it, it, it was just a beautiful way of putting, and, and I wouldn't call it always science, but it is really science. It's putting the science and the spirituality together, flowing together, the, the being part and the human part, and it just connected it all. It's, um, yeah, thanks for saying so. It's interesting with people, like sometimes it goes into different realms other than just the biological. And um, if the openings are there, like you with coaching, if the openings are there, I'll jump in. Yeah. But but again, very respectful of where people are at, of course. And, and you use homeopathic remedies for uh, influencing all those aspects, biology, the psychology and the soul. Yeah, I absolutely do. So I do, I do kind of two forms. I do a frequency imprinted uh, water. It's fourth phase plasma water with frequency and you, everything is frequency and homeopathics actually, I would say are frequency as well. So I use both the homeopathics though are primarily for changing the mind with supporting the cell. So they have resonances that um, match and kind of poke that belief system that you have. So it's like, I call it coaching in a bottle. You can get results and you can keep it going and just by that action of taking them. So. And they're so subtle. Yeah. yeah you don't even know what's happening until you kind of look over your shoulder and go, look at that. <laughs> yeah. Like oh. a micro habit, right. And you stack them yeah. and all of a sudden you don't know how you did it, but you got somewhere. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, we're kind of coming to the end here. Is there any, any uh, wisdom that you would like to share with, with people that might be watching us today? You know, just to keep going. The whole world is uh, here to help you. And what if it's the beginning, not the end? What would you do differently? Mm. I love that. It's a great, great question to contemplate. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I feel so honored to, mm -hmm. uh, to have been asked to speak here. So, Marina, I love the work that you do. And Likewise. Now, you have a website that you um, might like to share with people. Yeah. So, you can reach me at uh, www.ilightcoaching, and that's spelled I- and light, L-I-G-H-T, um, because when your heart's lit, everything else works. Beautiful, beautiful. So people can connect with you on your website or through your website? Yeah, and so I work with people three different ways. So the, there's programs on there, so you can just sign up for a program. You can, I, I give away a free sample scan so that you can see and begin to learn before you even want to reach out. There's a link there for that. As well, um, you can book a discovery call anytime. So I'm happy to answer your questions and go deeper on that. 
So discovery call is just a conversation about what yeah, works but, best for them. Yeah. What works, what's going to work for you? Will, will we be able to work together? Do you, do you resonate with what I do? And can I, can I serve you? Yeah. Beautiful. Tracy, thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here today. It was wonderful to hear you talk about what you love so much and that you really walk in the shoes of what you speak. It's, um, it's just a breath of fresh air. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you again, Maureen. Love the work that you're doing and I'm so excited about uh, how much more, how many more people you'll reach. Thank you.